0: Hello and welcome to episode 35 of No Crying in Baseball, Stanley Cup Champions Edition. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. I'm Potty
1: Mouth, and we've been seeing a lot of baseball lately, luckily live, being so close to Nationals Park.
0: Lots of baseball and lots of hockey players at baseball games. Yeah,
1: there have been some visitors at Nationals Park. So
0: the uh, Capitals brought the uh, Stanley Cup to the ballpark on Saturday. Alex Ovechkin, the captain of the Stanley Cup Champions, did I mention that, winning Washington Capitals throughout the first pitch? twice, because he didn't do it <laughs> the first time, the first and he gets, he gets a do-over, yeah. and um, then the guy stayed for the whole game. They thought, oh, they'll just do the ceremonial stuff, and they le- then they left. I, I wasn't impressed with the- the- how long they stayed, because what were they doing, Potty Mouth? They were
1: drinking. They're still drinking. They're still partying. They I think haven't... they've been partying nonstop since they won the Stanley Cup finals.
0: Yeah, the color commentator saw them up there in the in the suite and said, wow, I see a sponsorship opportunity <laughs>
1: And in the middle of their interview, they were so drunk that they started singing We Are the Champions. And they've been doing that like in random places around D.C. We shouldn't go into these details, but it's it's been a little ugly.
0: Yeah, it's getting old. So the parade's Tuesday and then we'll be done. But until then, it was very fun to see sort of the hockey and the baseball players coming together and the hockey players saying, see, now it's your turn. We can do it. We broke the curse. D.C. can get more championships now. So that was very fun.
1: And we're looking forward to that because that means we get to go to playoff games so much baseball, so much fun happening. There's always something on in my house. You know, there's always a game. So there's always some game playing, and I'm not always paying complete attention. But, you know, Red Sox were happened to be on. Can you imagine? That is household. a surprise to me. And I'm doing laundry and going upstairs and whatever. And they're playing the White Sox, and they had lost the night before Eep in a in a tough game. And this one, I pop in, it's two to two, come back, bottom of the fifth, two to two. J.D. Martinez is up. And I literally walk up to the screen and I said, J.D., did you wait for me to come to hit your home run? And he did. And then the Red Sox won. So I called that one. And it wasn't just any home run. It
0: was his 21st home run. It puts him where?
1: He's on top. He is on top. He is on on top top of MLB with the number of home runs. And the Tacoma Park Sox are all the better for it. That's our fantasy baseball. Speaking of being on the top. We've got a couple of boyfriends who are on the top of an interesting list of more than 10 home runs and more than 10 stolen bases. And number one on that is our friend Mike Trout of the Angels, not a boyfriend, but kind of a we wish he were. He's got 19 home runs and 13 stolen bases. But then comes Mookie Betts, who hasn't even fucking been playing. Like, I'm I'm so bummed out because he's been on the DL, and that's got to be hurting my team. But he's still one of these leaders with he's 17. He's second
0: place on this list. That's amazing. He hasn't Crazy. played for days and days.
1: Yeah, he's still first in batting average. I guess that kind of freezes at a good place. But... With this one, he has 17 home runs and 13 stolen bases. Then Tim Anderson of the White Sox My is boyfriend. in these top four. You know, I even miss that. So you've got two boyfriends on this list. I do. I do. Your boyfriend, Anderson, has 11 home runs and 13 stolen bases. And your boyfriend, Andrew Benny. Benintendi, has
0: 11 home runs and 10 stolen bases. So we've got some pretty hot boyfriends. The cool thing about this is one of the benchmarks for a season is a twenty twenty season or a 30-30 season. And way back when, when I picked Tommy Pham as my boyfriend, he said he he was hoping to get a 30-30 season this year, which would mean 30 home runs, 30 stolen bases. He's not that high up on this list, but maybe he will be coming from behind. This list makes me Certain that we're going to get multiple 2020 seasons out of players this year, maybe a 30 30. Yeah,
1: he'll be jealous of your other two boyfriends, and so he'll want to like muscle in on You'll that have territory. To step
0: up. I talk about Max Scherzer all the damn time, but he keeps doing notable things. We saw him pitch this past week. Oh, I was so cool. When, when Tampa was Bay so was good. in town to play the Nationals. And he pitched his second immaculate inning of all time. And we're watching the game and we're thinking, that inning went by quickly, but we didn't realize that it had happened until Hi Blake, our buddy and Section 408 fan of the show came over and said- With his scorebook. With his like, scorebook. Look, look and look said, I did. did you see? The sixth inning was an immaculate inning. So thanks, Blake, because we might have missed that until we got our own notifications. So yay. Hey, has anyone said that it's an immaculate inning? Does that sound bad? A little bad, but okay, I get all that. Right. Good yeah. try. You get. You get I'm, I'm trying, trying. I'm
1: trying because you've got the boyfriend highlights with these fast guys in your picture. I've got a couple. Did you call of, my boyfriends fast? He, well, we've been calling them fast for a while. Yeah, I guess we, so. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Fast boyfriends are usually good. You're usually. not wrong. One of my pitching boyfriends just hit a wonderful low light, and that's Mr. Morton, who we've talked about being the subject of the sentence, check out your schoolhouse rock for the reference. He was the subject of several sentences. He was the subject of he who hit four batters, and he who issued six walks, and he who pitched 47 out of 87 pitches were strikes. Uh, he lasted three and two-thirds merciful innings Wait, hold on. The all of that
0: happened? In, in one game. Oh, no, but, one but in three, game. three and two-thirds innings. Yes, yes. Not even a full – oh, uh, lordy. Uh, not like roughly a third of the game. Yeah, so he, oh, he didn't
1: last, to say the least. He hit one guy twice, uh, Yurik Profar. <laughs> and in the second inning, he started by loading the bases with no outs. But even with all of this mess – Texas, what is up with you? They managed one run on this, one run on this mess. The Astros ended up winning the game, so it was a no decision for my Mr. Morton.
0: <laughs> That's a little embarrassing for the Rangers. Sorry <laughs> about that, guys. They, they really kind of handed this to you on a plate, and you said, no, thank you, I'm full. <laughs> My Blue Jays boyfriend, I haven't talked about him in a long time because Aledmus Diaz has been on the DL for a bit. He messed up his ankle. His badly, badly sprained ankle. He's been out for weeks. He came back from his ankle sprain June 1st. And since then, he is back with a vengeance. He hit a walk-off single in this really fun come-from-behind game in the 10th inning versus the Orioles. The next day, he went three for four. So he's back. He's Excellent. back, which is great. The Blue Jays have been having a terrible time Everywhere, but embarrassingly at home, at the time of that, the first game where I hit the walk off, they had only won two home games out of their last 12. You know, some of that might have to do with my boyfriend,
1: Josh Donaldson, still being on the DL forever, and that's fucking up my B team. But maybe that now the, the Toronto is going to be more on our radar now that at least you have one
0: boyfriend there, and hopefully we'll have another one soon and we can pay more attention to the Blue Jays. So, all of a sudden, are on this tiny little winning streak, and as of our recording right now, they're lined up to sweep the Orioles four straight games. It is is the Orioles. The Orioles are the only team right now in Major League Baseball who haven't made it to their 20th win yet, and it doesn't look like today is going to be that day. But for the Blue Jays, having four wins in a row, even if it's just against the Orioles, has got to help. It's got to kind of put them on the upswing. So good luck, guys. And sorry, O's. I, I wish I had more good news to tell you.
1: Even I feel sad talking this badly about the O's. We'll be reporting that good news soon. I have a little bit more boyfriend bad news. I've been paying attention to the White Sox lately and rooting on my White Sox boyfriend, Yuan Moncada. But he's and and especially because this is exciting, he's rivaling Aaron Judge in one of his stats. That's awesome. Status isn't that great. Is it home runs? It's strikeouts. Oh, they're they're neck and neck for number two on most strikeouts. So I wish it were for home runs, but
0: damn it, not my guy. Well, I believe in the comeback. And I've got a powerful boyfriend comeback story to tell you. Paul Goldschmidt. Give me, hope. Give me hope. I will do that. Paul Goldschmidt, the um first baseman for the Diamondbacks, otherwise known as Goldie. Had a crappy beginning of the season, right? Crazy crappy. He was hitting 138 for his first 48 games. And Goldie's always been a a hero. And a couple weeks back when we were talking about the humidor at you know where the diamondbacks are and how that's like, you know, tamping down on home runs, we were kind of Mm -hmm. blaming Goldie's slump on that. Only he was slumping all over the major leagues, not just on his home field. He is back. He is so back. Just this week alone, he hit 590. In one week, he had back-to-back games Yay. with multiple home runs. His first time he's ever done that. One of those home runs was over 450 feet. One, of the, the second of those games was a 12 to seven win over the Rockies. The Rockies were not excited about losing 12 to seven, and they were not excited about Goldschmidt continually hitting it out of the park. Now, again, this is Coors Field, where it's kind of easy to hit balls out of the park, altitude and all of that. So the pitcher hit. Goldie in the ribs. Oh man. Ninety-three that's mile an cool. hour, fastball, right? And you know, it could have been a mistake. It didn't right, look to anybody prove it. like a mistake, especially the 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 diamondback's dugout was all over this. And and Goldie muttered something to the catcher, and he sort of muttered all the way to first base when he took his base because he was hit by the pitch. He pretty low key guy. He was muttering. He wasn't throwing bats, he wasn't okay. doubling over, he wasn't swearing. And his manager said, That's the most animated I've ever seen.
1: So not an emotional guy is what you're saying. Yeah,
0: he pretty much keeps stuff inside. So if he's doing that, you know he's ticked off. Um, one of his uh, uh, one of his teammates said it was a bush league move to to hit him, and a bunch of their fans are like, oh, you got to retaliate, you got to retaliate. They're like, no, we're not gonna, not we're, it, we're not man. gonna sink not to that. It. We don't want to see people hurt for this, you know. It, it, so they're they're gonna try to be like the take the high road is what they're gonna do. And also, um, Goldie has hit um, hit four straight games with three or more hits, which is a, a Diamondbacks record. So he's on an upswing and I hope hope he maintains it. Yay Goldie, go team. I do have a boyfriend on the upswing note.
1: I am so happy that Yadier Molina is back. One month it took him to recuperate, which is pretty amazing because if you will recall a month ago, it was so May 5th, he was out from May 5th to June 5th, he was hit by a 102 mile an hour foul tip and uh, in the groin and had emergency surgery and everybody absolutely cringes looking at the video so he's back one month from emergency surgery off that he's a tough guy he did get an rbi in his first game back unfortunately the cards went down that game and the subsequent game against the marlins but then they won the third and then they they're in the process of perhaps sweeping the reds they won thursday friday you know maybe they did and i didn't check yesterday old notes damn it
0: That's like saying beating the Orioles. It's not a huge thing, but it still counts in the win column. A few weeks ago, we talked about how Mike Trout went five for five and how cool that was, and no one noticed that that same day Scooter Jeanette also went five for five? You did. I did. And we said Scooter, Scooter everywhere. We did. And this time, in that same game where Paul Goldschmidt hit two home runs for the second game in a row, Trevor Story who is the Rocky shortstop um, and my boyfriend for the Rockies, in that same game also hit two home runs. And he hit them in his first two at-bats. One of them was 459 feet, right? We're saying, yay, Goldie, 450 feet. Trevor Stories was 459. And who's talking about it? Pretty much only us. Cool thing about Trevor Story He has the highest average home run distance in all of Major League Baseball. His home runs average 420 feet. That's amazing. That is just huge. He's having a, if he he keeps up, he's going to have a career year. So yay for boyfriends there. A cool thing about this time of year with this All-Star Game approaching is a lot of local writers try to highlight players on their teams that they think should get votes as opposed to just the big names that everybody always votes for. So there was a really complimentary piece about Trevor Story saying about how great he is and don't overlook him when you're voting for your shortstop. Two of the things they pointed out, one of them was he's tied for first in the National League with 47 RBIs. Again, who's talking about Trevor Story? And his sprint speed, as far as short stops go, he's second only to our favorite Trey Turner. Trey Turner's sprint speed is 29.8 feet per second, and Trevor Stories is, uh, is 29.7. So 29.8 for Trey, 29.7 for Story. That's pretty close, and that's pretty darn fast.
1: You know, I still have some all-star ballots to go. I've been trucking along at five every other day or something, and I have not voted for him yet. So you've just convinced me. I'm going to.
0: Put him on my next ballot. Most excellent. And yes, that's a reminder out there. You still have several days to to get your all-star voting in. So please do it. Back to the Astros to visit my outfielder boyfriend, George Springer, who is raising money this week. We talked before about how he supports this organization called Say, which helps – People with stuttering problems get over them and they have a summer camp that kids can go to where they can learn coping mechanisms and, or even just self-confidence to not worry about how, how they sound or how they feel when they're talking. And that was very important to him. So he does this bowling fundraiser every year. Last year, they raised $125,000, which is great because it's specifically for this, this camp where it costs $3,500 to sponsor one child. So raising 125000 is pretty cool. They just had it a few days ago. The bowling fundraiser was a Friday night. And I hope we'll get some numbers soon. But we hope that went very Fantastic. well for Fantastic.
1: And I remember when you introduced him, you said that he supported this because he did stu- he stutters
0: himself. Yeah. And, and he so was- he, he went up through this camp. And this organization was very helpful to him personally. So now he's giving back. Boyfriend material, man.
1: Yeah, I have the anti boyfriend material. I just wanted to let you know that I did take your advice. I even listened to our last podcast. I heard you reprimand me. I dropped Cano. Thank I'm okay you. with it.
0: And we're still friends, right? We're still friends. You know, I have your I best interests
1: at heart. I really appreciate okay. it because sometimes I need a little bit of an elbow there. I've been keeping my eye on Kike Hernandez and Sean uh, Rodriguez, and they're still not quite living up to the production end of the boyfriend material. And they're the ones that I chose as sort of like the party wild card guys. So maybe I should ask your advice before we pick
0: next year. I'm going to pick my battles and I'm going to celebrate your baby steps. So good work, Potty Mouth.
1: Otani watch it's Otani watch time and the Otani watch is going to slow down Otani had a bad week first on the 7th on June 7th he was pulled and I think it was the fifth inning yeah he was pulled after warming up at the start of the fifth just throwing out those tosses before the the batters came up because of the blister again we talked about his blister at the beginning of the season another blister so you know he wasn't going to be pitching at least for a little bit he did come in, however, because it's Otani as a batter the next night and ended up on the DL because of a UCL sprain. And even like reporters i have heard, what is UCL? All I know is what it stands for, ulnar collateral ligament. I think it's something on your It means side. elbow. It's elbow. It's elbow. Wow. So he can't do anything He's got a sprained elbow, now. basically. He's out at least three weeks. I think some people have even said maybe four. So that makes me sad for our Otani watch segment. It also makes. Mike Trout sad he actually <laughs> said we're all bummed and he's bummed because it's a double loss because they miss a
0: pitcher and a batter with one injury there was also conversations about Otani is very likely going to get an all-star game nod right and will he be ready well the question is should he go even if he's mm-hmm. on the DL and Trout saying go you have to go if you are picked really? you have to go you don't want to miss the experience so even if he can't play he may still be there yeah I'm sure they'll go together in that case Juan Soto report time very quick. The past week Juan Soto hit 2 home runs this week. This is the recent rookie who came up to the Nationals. He's my 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 new favorite on the Nationals. He is just a little superstar. And we mentioned his patience at the plate. This week he had two times as many walks as he did strikeouts. And again, this is a 19-year-old with patience.
1: I'm... I have not seen many 19-year-olds with <laughs> the patience. The personal
0: experience, not so much. Nah. But the bottom line is his jersey is now available. Oh, great. So feel free right, to go. shop. I just want to say Houston, we have a brother. We have more than one brother, we even. We have a
1: couple of brothers in Houston. So this past week, there was a lot of action with with the draft, with the MLB draft, and pulling up all these exciting young men. And there are two brothers of current Houston Astros players who are drafted by Houston. That sounds crazy. I wonder if that's going to be some sort of record. Can somebody look that up? Alex and A.J. Bregman. So Alex, there's Bregman, who's currently on the Astros, Had a phone call to his brother that's actually on video that you can see where he says, Why don't you check Twitter, bro? You just got drafted in the 35th round by the Strohs. Which are now the Bro Strohs.
0: Oh, that's perfect. They are. I I didn't come up with it. I just repeat them when I read them.
1: Yeah. All right. We got a couple more Bro Strohs. I like it. With Carlos and his brother, JC, John Carlos Correa. And little Correa got picked in the 33rd round. He is a pitcher, he's a right handed reliever coming from a local community college. So we got to wish the best to the to the Stro Bros. I like that. Bro-stros. Yeah, go little brothers.
0: brothers. We've talked about father-son pairings in the past week or so. And Vlad Jr., who I was Really pushing for, come on, Blue Jays, call him up, call mm-hmm. him up. Perhaps they knew something that I didn't because he just injured his damn knee and he's out for four weeks.
1: Oh, that sucks because you know what I was just doing was trying to check out his minor league schedule, thinking,
0: damn, we could see him in the minors right before he goes because he's in New Hampshire. Well, you know where he did this? He did this in Akron where I've gone many times oh, to look. see the rubber ducks play. Wow. But I would have been sad if that was what I saw Vlad Jr. do. Right,
1: right. All right. I guess he's, we'll check out the schedule for four weeks we I'll do a little bit more follow-up to your father-son segment from last last week. You talked about Cody Clemens, Roger Clemens' son. He got picked in the draft, 79th, by the Detroit Tigers. Another father-son combo that you talked about was Pudge Rodriguez, Pudge Ivan Rodriguez's son, Derek Rodriguez, a new pitcher for the Giants. And he played here in your nation's capital against the Nationals on Saturday. Good for us, not so good for Derek. The Nationals won, and he only lasted two and a third innings. He gave up uh, five runs in that time, one in the first and four in the second. Nats won the game 7-5. to His dad was there, and this is the kind of bittersweet part. It was the first game in person that his dad had gone to, and his dad retired as a National, and there he is back in National Stadium. There's lots of little pictures around of people who found him and got selfies
0: with him, but uh Unfortunately, not so great for his son. I kind of think that Derek may have had additional pressure on him because it was Nats Park. He had his That's first true. start last week against the Phillies, and he did great. He had a spectacular first start in the majors. This one, he had. Um, Derek actually spent a lot of time in Nats Park when his dad was playing here. He, oh, how cool. As a teenager, he used to take batting practice on the field with the team. Wow. So he grew up with the Nationals. And so I, I'm wondering if he felt the added pressure of his dad being in the stands and knowing half the guys in the dugout and all of that. It did not go well for him. but. He, it's young. he's young, it's early, he will bounce back. Yeah, that's true. He's, he proved himself last week. I, I, have, I have confidence in him. He did.
1: That game against the Phillies, he only gave up one run on six innings, lasted longer, gave up fewer runs. His dad's giving him some pitching advice. You know, as a catcher, he observed a he lot knows. of good pitching, and he's telling him to look to big, sexy Bartolo Colon of the Rangers as how to be a good pitcher, because Colon places his pitches. He's, the speed is not the thing, and maybe if these young pitchers don't blow out their Arms and the speed early, they'll still have a little bit of reserves later instead of just having to completely change everything. But that's what Cologne has had to do, and he's doing it well now with painting the corners and changing up different pitches. So there's his advice. Uh, and actually, speaking of Cologne, he had a, a milestone this week, Big Sexy. He's tired Juan Marical for the the most wins by a Dominican pitcher in Major League Baseball, and he's only a couple away from Latino wins overall. And I'm not quite sure where the next goes. He's at 243 right now. He's sitting on 2,499 strikeouts, just waiting to join that
0: 2,500 club. I'm kind of thinking his next start is going to get there, and if not, ooh, that's that's a problem for Big Sexy. But we're behind you, Big Sexy. Go you know Big we sexy. are. I have 3 contestants for the best beer play of the week. I will drink of to that. The week. I will drink to that. The best beer play of the week. The first mm-hmm. one, Javier Baez, my boyfriend on on the Cubs, went speeding towards the wall to catch a foul ball. Great this is this video. is a short brick wall on the third base line mm-hmm. at Wrigley Field caught the ball before he got to the wall, but couldn't stop, flipped over the wall, landed in the laps of several fans, including the one who spilled beer all over his own um, his own hoodie and a little bit on um, Javi Baez. Nice. But then helped Javi hold his arm with the mitt in the air so that the umpires could see that yes, he caught the ball. Pretty good beer play. I think that's third place. Second place is in San Diego, where a fan in the second deck behind home plate caught a foul ball. In her beer. In her almost full beer. Her almost full beer. And she's waving around, showing everybody like, yeah, this is cool. And then she chugged the entire damn beer with a foul ball in it. She's only number two on this list. And that was awesome. That was awesome. That is the way to do it. I, I aspire to something like that. The number one beer play of the week is Seth Beer, who was drafted out of Clemson by the Astros. And if nothing else, it's gonna drive up the jersey sales because who wouldn't want a baseball jersey yeah. that says beer on As the back? Beer Seth jersey. beer wins the beer play of the week.
1: There was some sort of online competition between your other two, number one and two, and somebody said that the, the Baez foul ball fan should get it because he has the souvenir. He can like keep that beer soaked jersey forever and say this was soaked
0: by Javier Baez. But the one who got it in the beer has the ball. Yeah. Yeah that's, that's- I don't know. I don't know. I'm going with the jersey. Go figure.
1: Real quick, you talk- We talked about the rally goose last week with the Tigers having a Canadian goose fly into the field and giving them that extra oomph to win the game. And the rally goose is continuing. They have that. What what did you call it? It was like a A decoy. A decoy Decoy. goose. That's it. Yeah, wouldn't decoy. They got to bring it out. Jaime Candelario got a 12th inning walk off home run against your Indians. And they celebrated by bringing
0: out the rally goose. For the past year or so, there's been a lot of conversation about expanding Major League Baseball to 32 teams, which makes good math sense, because that means that the American League and the National League would each have 16 teams, which makes, you know, pairing up the the teams for the games work better. And they talk about it for a while, and then it kind of fades, and people say, oh, how about this city and this city? And then it kind of fades for a while. Well, back to hockey, my friends. The Vegas Golden Knights were an expansion hockey team that came out of nowhere. And all of a sudden, baseball people are saying huh. We want to go to Vegas too. If Vegas can do this so quickly and get this huge following so fast, maybe it's time. And maybe it's time to think about cities that aren't the usual cities that come up in these conversations. Vegas paid a lot more for that expansion team, then the math would show that it would be worth because of how small the population of Vegas is, right? They have the tourist industry. They have the tourists and they attracted a greater percentage of the people in that town to these games. So now the multiplier, the X factor mm-hmm. for this is higher than what it used to be. So it's, oh, maybe more places than we thought before could, have, could support one of these teams. Okay. It's been since 1998 since there's been an expansion team, which is the longest span before other teams have been added since like the 50s. It's been a long time. So we're kind of due. Some of the the d- domestic cities talked about are Las Vegas and Portland and Charlotte, even San Antonio a little bit and so there's rumors like, oh yeah, I no, MLB has been out to visit, there's investment, cool. you know, groups getting together. There are some international places being mentioned, Mexico City, San Juan, Puerto Rico, Which and is Montreal. Not
1: really international. <laughs> right, right exactly
0: exactly and also an island so who yeah. knows how much they can you know and so Montreal had a team couldn't support it so maybe it would work now maybe it wouldn't Mexico City the the biggest um, thing in there against them right now is there's a lot of pollution there it's actually a hazard but you had a good point they need a dome they, they need definitely a dome. need a dome and then and the, the Puerto Rico thing makes
1: so much sense we have so many players there but yeah like having people come into a game it's just kind of a vacation destination that that would be tough I'm excited though. There's a lot of stuff going on with women in baseball now. It just seems like it's maybe my awareness is getting bigger, but it seems like I keep reading different things related to women playing baseball or softball professionally. Coming up to the same levels, the women's and professionally
0: is kind of a key word there too, because there have always been collegiate things right. and you know, but but a professional sport is way different.
1: And the other part of the professional is that it's got to be connected a little bit with MLB and what their framework is in order to give it a little bit of not le- legitimacy is the word that comes to mind, but power potential. Fans, name, things like that. Name, recognition, yep. yeah, That's it. Name, recognition. It all comes down to the name. Women's Baseball World Cup. I don't think MLB is is officially connected with it. I need to look that up. I should have done my homework. But MLB is doing a lot to, to prepare young women, to prepare girls to meet the level of the Women's Baseball World Cup. So that's where it comes through. We talked about the break, Breakthrough Series last week and other efforts that they're doing with youth. So the Women's Baseball World Cup is coming to Florida this August. And this weekend, as we're speaking, there are open tryouts. So there are games going on constantly. There are these women trying out. Whoever makes it from this weekend, this week, 40 players are going to be invited for trials, official trials from June 11th to the 14th. Our roster is going to be announced June 18th. And then that team has two months from June 18th. To August 17th to get ready for this international tournament.
0: That doesn't seem like a very long time.
1: So, you know, it turns out the Japanese team formed in April and the Japanese team has won this thing the past couple times with the goal. So, hmm.
0: Maybe we can learn something for getting it together earlier and having the team practice together and gel as a hmm. Maybe. Yes, we can. Hmm, I endorse that. Hmm. Maybe we can. The women's pro fast pro fast
1: pitch softball that was just too many words for me to get out at the same time national pro fast pitch softball is in full force now there are five teams that participate three are us and then there's australia and china beijing and they tournament all summer and then the last or you play against each other as as a league but it feels sort of that like that tournament feel And then the the championship is going to be in August, 16th to 20th. Interestingly, competing with the Women's Baseball World Cup, maybe not the best planning.
0: You might want to look at the schedule because, I mean, there... They don't they have home teams and away teams. Mm -hmm. All the games are in the United States, but they move around. You may be designated at the home as the home team, but you may be playing in Kansas City, you might be playing in Montana, you might be playing in Florida, you might be playing in Akron, Ohio, you might be playing in Cleveland. So they they move around the country. So there may very well be professional women's softball near you wherever you are to look at the schedule. And you know what
1: we can do? We will post the schedule so that you can easily check the schedule by checking our Facebook and Twitter feed and find some pro softball near you. It's an official development partner of MLB, so MLB does have a little bit of influence here. We're not exactly sure what that means, but there's some sort of connection. The last bit of women's softball that I want to talk about is wives' softball. The Cubs' wives and the Brewers' wives are having a softball game on June 12th, coming up real soon, and the proceeds are going to an organization called RBI, which stands for Reviving Baseball in Inner Cities. The the money goes is spread out uh, regardless of who wins or loses. It's not like we get more money than you for our <laughs> inner city, but it's the spirit of the thing. It's seeing the wives of the players sounds kind of fun.
0: I think that would be a good time if you're you are in the neighborhood. You should go see that. Yeah,
1: I think it's actually going to be in Milwaukee. I'm
0: pretty sure it's it's Brewers' home. Not that we want to be confused with the Wall Street Journal, but we have one little bit of business news. We talked a few weeks ago about Major League Baseball's study on the baseball itself and why the home runs, why the baseballs are flying out of the park. That included a piece about how Major League Baseball toured the Rawlings baseball production plant as part of that. Guess what they did this week? Huh. They bought Rawlings. Major League Baseball Bought and- Rawlings. Major League Baseball and an investment firm paired up and they bought Rowling sporting goods so they can have a a bigger hand in controlling their production. And the quote from the uh, vice president of Major League Baseball was, we're particularly interested in providing even more input and direction on the production of the official ball of Major League Baseball, one of the most important on-field products to the play of our great game. They bought it for $395 million, and I think that's kind of a cool idea.
1: Kind of, except for anybody else making baseballs is going to see their production drop off like crazy. This is a
0: little bit of, like, Well, Rawlings has been the the official baseball of Major League Baseball, so that doesn't change. We tried so hard this week to volunteer for the All-Star Game. It was long. Somehow, Somehow, even though Major League Baseball knew how many people had volunteered— and they knew how many slots they had. We crashed them. We totally crashed their their servers. So um, next week, we we'll get to try again to volunteer for, for the All-Star Game. So we still can't report back to what we're doing, but we're still in there. Gosh darn it, we are still in there. And they're really not clear on that. They said they're going to email us Monday with the new plan. I think there's a little bit of troubleshooting going on at Major League Baseball, and we endorse you guys trying to get it right. Thank you. Fantasy Boyfriend Baseball League? The only change is really in the points, and we know that Tacoma Park Sox has been trying desperately to get over the 80-point barrier. You can do it, honey. Congratulations, honey. You did do it. You did do it. You're over the 80-point mark. But other than that, what do we got? We've got no
1: news. You could just go back and listen to our last episode, or the one before that, or the one before that. But for those of you who are new and want to know what's up with our (laughs) Fantasy Baseball League... I'm in first place despite Mookie Betts' injury. Patty, you're as the commissioner in second place. Our friend Deborah is hot on your heels, though, She's so close. Maybe that's like... We
0: actually were tied in the middle of the week, but phew, before we got to announce it publicly, I took back my spot. We'll
1: see what happens by next week. Number four, you're still there in your NCIB team. And number five
0: is our Tacoma Park Sox. As you follow that, you should also follow our social media. You can find us everywhere. And please... Rate and review and subscribe and tell your friends about us. We'll be back next week with more fun stories about Major League Baseball. Until then, say goodnight, potty mouth. Goodnight, potty mouth.
1: That's crazy.